0: hey everybody i just wanted to apologize for taking so long this episode our little group has been through a lot of changes that none of us could foresee and it has put a slight damper on how much time i put into editing podcasts not Not to worry we have our next episode our next recording session planned and some fun randomness to put out should it come to it now without further ado
1: Have you ever wondered about
2: understanding the mind of Plato? What gaming does to your mind?
3: The forensics of blood analysis.
1: And crafting razor blades? You've chosen the right podcast. Welcome Welcome to The Random! Hello, welcome to The Random. Thank you for joining us today. Today we have a special guest. Would you like to introduce your friend?
3: Yeah, this is my friend Kate. Um, i want to say hello.
4: Hello,
3: everyone. <laughs> She's um an artist and a writer and just like super fun person with a lot of fun ideas. Um, so I brought her today to discuss um the creative process.
1: Interesting. Let's kick this right off.
2: So, with the creative process, like there's been a lot of discussion about this at least amongst our little group here, and just sort of what is this creative process that we're talking about?
3: Um, I would say the creative process is just any way that you come to the concept of a creative idea. So whether that's art, whether that's writing, whether it's music, everyone has a different way that they choose to create things and choose to find things to create or um, places to put their creative energy. Um, would you agree with that, Kate?
4: Definitely, yeah. I think each person, it's important to really, like, understand... What it is that um, really makes, like, a comfortable and, like, good environment to really bring out that creativity in yourself?
3: Oh, so, yeah, definitely environment's part of it. Um, like, I know some people who prefer to, to write or to draw in, like, crowded, busy areas because they find that really stimulating. Um, for me, I need, like, quiet <laughs> and, like, seclusion kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I'm in, I'm in the same boat. Like, I if someone else is talking, I'll probably listen to them more so than I'll like, look, finish my book or drawing or whatever it is, and just totally get lost. I'm like, wait, where was I again? I snap, forget everything.
4: No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know some people like to like go to like coffee shops where they can like write where there's like people around, but it's not necessarily like super loud or super distracting. But you still have that like social environment where it can like really stimulate like ideas and like um just gives you like a sense of you know life yeah
5: for me I mean whenever it comes down to anything like the creative process or like writing a paper or something uh, I find it really helpful to listen to like subtle music like
3: oh yeah like
5: lo-fi music that Mm -hmm. you can listen to or even classic like classical music like something like Beethoven or
3: something. Yeah. I found class I find classical music really creatively stimulating. I don't kind really know why. But I actually like I can't listen to it while I study because I'm imagining like scenes and and stories and all
4: these other things.
5: I mean studies have been done on it, that out of all the other musics that people have been listening to while they study, mm-hmm. weirdly enough, uh, memory retention is best with classical music. hmm
1: I've also heard because of that, it's like the brain, like like the patterns of the music actually match the way that you learn,
5: mm-hmm.
1: and in doing so, it actually c- helps create more almost like like brain patterns with that. So classical music, like like Beethoven, um, the reason behind that is his his um, I, I don't know say level of music or just like like the beat as he progresses through is more like the learning.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's been proven to be very um, to stimulate various of the brain. Which is interesting. I have to
2: myself. So, why would it be that some individual places or settings or like Sound music, mm-hmm. yeah, wh- why would those stimulate creative processes for some people but not others?
5: Mm-hmm. I feel like it has to do also with the way our different people's brains are wired cuz again, everybody's an indi- individual. No two people are th- going to be the same person. Mm-hmm. Um Especially whenever it comes down to, like, uh, like mental diagnoses. Diagnosis Diagnostics. <laughs> Diagnostics. There we go. Uh-huh. Um, for some people, they'll have, like, uh, autism. For other people, they'll have ADD, ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most of us here, based on the previous episodes, <laughs> all are that we are all ADHD to an extent. Yeah. Well, um, yeah.
3: Actually, I think that's a really good point. Uh, even if you don't have like a certain label, everyone learns differently, and everyone everyone's brain processes differently. Um, so for like me, my technical title is ADHD, but my ADHD looks different than Jacob's ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, so like for me, there are times where the stimulation is helpful, and it like kind of tunes out some of the other white noise going on in my head. And there are sometimes where that stim- that noise or activity engages. With the chaos that's going,
1: everywhere. I definitely I definitely agree with that sometimes yeah. I'm like I need my own space, and other times I'm like I'm with a bunch of people, and I'm really learning like really like really well, having a great time.
4: Yeah, yeah. and I think maybe that could also have to do with um, how do I put this? Like where your creativeness is coming from? Mm. Like if it's if you are in a spot where you need to maybe dig deep to pull out creativity or if you're in a space where you're just naturally like getting inspiration or creative creative ideas from the people around you.
5: And we also there's also the whole idea of hyperfixation. Oh. Uh, Cuz that's <laughs> another form of creative process. Those are the is change. that is that it is until it cuts off.
3: Yeah, can you define hyperfixation? Okay,
5: So, hyperfixation, I don't know what the actual term is, but the way I've been able to interpret that hyperfixation, especially for myself, is the ability to focus on one thing mm-hmm. and be able to do it well until all of a sudden your interest in that subject runs out.
3: So, for um, ADHD, just to clarify really quick, is not necessarily the lack of focus or attention, it's... It's misplaced. So, like, you'll be in an environment like school where you should be paying attention. And The the
5: inability to regulate your attention. Yes,
3: there you go. And then you'll have what are called hyperfixations where you're just, you're like,
5: oh, I don't know. All your concentration of the day just goes right there. I had
3: this, I had one day, unfortunately, very close to, to class time where I had this this idea for a trip that I want to take, and I just got, I was, like, researching, like, the expenses and where I wanted to go and how I wanted to get there, and I, that's all I did for, like, an hour. And then it totally cut out, just gone, and I was back to, like, not being able. Yeah, because all the
5: all the focus of your day just went towards that one thing, and yeah. you have nothing left. Yep. We can't reg. It, it, it's yeah. not that we can't. It's that it's really difficult to regulate our attention.
3: It requires external tools, so that's why you'll see a lot of lot of uh, people with various attention. Um, just not almost. Oh, I mean, that's is the strong whole.
5: Word, well, I mean, but, the, that's where the whole idea of the fidget spinner came from.
3: Right, it was for ADHD, ADD, um, and there's very other various other titles that encompass this, but. Um, that's why you see, like, the, the fidgets or any number of things. They're designed to be an external regulation on your attention. It gives you multiple things to focus on if you can't just focus on one yeah. thing.
5: Yeah, and that's another thing that's interesting about ADHD, is that you can't focus on one thing.
3: Yeah, or, so if you're having a hyperfixation, you can only focus on yeah. one thing. whereas if you're Most not, of the then time, you have
5: to focus on multiple things at once.
3: So I've had the, I've had the case where... Um, I was trying to study, but my brain was everywhere. And as soon as I played music, which gave my brain something else to think about, it, like, it allowed me to, to pick and choose, I guess. It doesn't make a ton of sense. I'm not I'm not an expert. I just can only speak for my own
5: It's kind of more like a passive thing, I yeah. guess. Like, even though you're you're not focusing on it, it gives your brain something else to process.
3: Yeah, again, I think it gives, you know, like, your subconscious something to focus on so that you yeah. can intentionally focus on whatever it is that you
4: after discussing this, how does ADHD or other types of unique um, kind of thinking affect the creative process? Because with ADHD, you are either, or hyperfixation, you know, there's different um, variations of focus mm-hmm. and also like... Um, spats of, like, inspiration or, like, um, just, like, different thoughts, you know, going from one thought to another or, you know, one idea to another. So how does that affect creativity, like, whether it, like, benefits or it, you know, you get so distracted or so focused on multiple different things that, you know, does that help you get things done, or does that prohibit it from
5: like? Crazy? I'll tell you, uh, well, <laughs> let me tell you something else that kind of helps with the whole hyperfixation or even focusing in general is that we, if we want to do it, if we, if like let's say cleaning our rooms, everybody's like, oh, I don't want to clean my room. However, the instant you say, you know, I feel like I want to clean my room right now. You instantly want to. However, the instant someone tells you to do it, the (laughs) instant you just are like, you lose all the focus towards it. And I don't think it has to do with, like, rebellious. It's just think, it's because it has to do with the fact that we are being forced to do something.
3: Yeah, you don't like being put in a box. I'm going to put a a
5: very interesting, like, analogy for it. Uh, It's like cornstarch and water. Or oobleck the the scientific term. The way how you, how whenever you want to do it, it's like slowly you're like, Yeah, I think I want to do it. And so you, you conform to this idea as you slowly realize that you want to do it. However, the instant someone tells you, it's like hitting it, like, Do it, go, go clean your room. And then you're just so like, rid, you rigid, you go rigid, and you're like, I don't want to do that
3: anymore. But that's true even when you tell yourself. Like, if I, like, with the cleaning room example, like, Oh, I need to clean my room today. I'm going to clean my room today. But i it's the hardest thing to do
5: that's the thing because it's whenever you say i need yeah to, it's more of i want to clean my room today i want my room to look nice and then
3: you'll have one day where you're like i'm gonna clean my room and then you just go and you clean everything down it's to the like, last
5: nook and cranny yeah all cobwebs out of the corners and it's spectacular
3: it's like for me when i was younger i used to drive my mom crazy because I would put off doing things forever, and then I would get one of these bursts of motivation. And then get it all done. And get everything done. And I think the same applies for like cre- creatively, mm-hmm. where like I'll go through incredible dry spells mm-hmm. where I won't be writing anything, and then one day I'll just get this like crazy yep. idea and just like do nothing but that for days on end. Sometimes they they can be. They, they really can last anywhere
5: from like fifteen minutes to weeks.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's always nice. And it it sure is
5: until you realize that you're trying to make a until it looks like you're making a career out of it, and then all of a sudden you drop it.
3: It's true. People will think you're very serious when you're just having a hyperfixation. And yeah. it stops, and it looks like you...
5: You just dropped the ball. Yeah. And you are not responsible. It's not that we're not being responsible. It's just we no longer feel like we want to.
3: Yeah, and there are things you can do to regulate that. Like, it's not that we never ever do anything
5: like, like, there's definitely, like, medications.
3: Well, yeah, but, like... I mean,
5: that, that's, that's one route, but, you know, no one really wants to just be controlled by yeah. by medication. So, I mean, for me, I have severe ADHD. Yeah. As y'all know, <laughs> I don't take any medication for it.
3: Yeah, me neither. Um, but there are also, like, creatively, something I will do if I can't... Well, one of the things I used to do all the time is I would have three projects minimum running at the same time. And so if I lost motivation for one, I could jump to another. So I was always being creatively productive. It took me longer to finish one thing, but I was, beca- I, was, I was stimulating myself. Or if I only have one project currently, sometimes I'll just, like, go out and, like, write what I see out the window or anything, like, simple and easy that will get my motivation back up and running. Um, but I wonder, can we speak to any other, like, varieties of... I want to say like mindsets or learning styles because I don't love like these labels because mm. they look different for everybody.
5: I know of one, uh, mm-hmm. dyslexia.
3: Okay, yeah, yeah, yes. it,
5: dyslexia, uh, where it's really hard to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best way I know how to describe it is that the words shift on the page. Um, and for me, I've had I've had dyslexia. I still kind of do, but it's not as bad. Yeah, but. One of the major problems was it's not that I didn't want to read. I mean, I did want to read, but it's the fact that I couldn't. I, I would read the same thing five times and not comprehend it
3: Yeah. once. So a good thing for that is, like, audio books. But I have, to like, I have actually a really good friend of mine who's a great writer, but he doesn't read. And most people are like, oh, in order to be a great um, writer, you have to be a great reader. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he actually digests story. Through film. So he's still a writer, and he writes, like, stories and books and stuff, but he gets his story building from movies, which I thought was, I was like, huh, I never would have thought of that. So I love, like, different ways of coming to this. Um, yeah, so, like, a-, a lot of my inspiration and style comes from things that I've read. You'll notice, like, if I read too much of C.S. Lewis, my writing starts sounding like him. Um, which I is can not relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I have to be careful what I read, because like, I ha- I remember having kicks where I was just reading a bunch of like kids' books, and my language was coming out really, really below par. Not, no, so far, it's yeah. not good,
5: yeah. Yeah, let's not talk about some of those kids' books, because, uh, and then you're, you read some of them and you're like, this had to be written by a child. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Why is it so
4: good? Yeah, I think... I kind of have, like, the opposite of your friend, Izzy, where, Mm -hmm. like, I'm really good at, like, story building character development, but I'm not super great at, like, telling a story from Mm -hmm. beginning to end because I'm, like, all over the place. And sometimes I forget to include information. Like, I obviously know the information, but my readers may not. So it's really hard to, like, write it down on a page um, in a, like story form um I can definitely write it in like like a document where I like write down all of my ideas and stuff like that but if I try to write it into a story it's like not necessarily great you know
3: why do you think that is like your your learning style in general
4: um I think um it's probably because like I just I have like the way I think um, I've explained it to someone before is like I view people in the world as like puzzle pieces. Mm-hmm. And so I but it's not necessarily how other people see it. Mm-hmm. So like so as I'm like putting the puzzle together, I'm like, I don't know, I, it's just hard to really mm. fill in where things are like missing, I guess. Like, it's either I have, like, way too much information or I have, like, the bare minimum, like, straightforward fact. Yeah. And then there's not really, you know, a whole lot of visualization or, you know, create a space for the person to, like, or, like, reader to, like, come up with, you know, what they're reading. Yeah. Because it's just either too dry or too much information. Yeah, it's a
3: balance for sure. I... I tend to when I write, I tend to go with way too much information. I'm very much known to over describe, um, and I think that's because of, like that's how my mind works. My mind absorbs; it likes all of. I love all of the extra information. Um, anyone who's ever tried to teach me anything knows I need the why. So, like, if you want to like teach me something basic, okay, like about cars, I'm gonna need to know what all of those parts do and what their purpose is before you can tell me how they fit together, which is really counterintuitive for most people, because most people work backwards. They start with, like... Or maybe not most people. Some people. Um, start with, like, the simpler things and move to, like, the bigger, broader picture. For me, I do it the other way. I need the background information. I need the the why before I can get to the what.
5: Like making a tapestry. Yeah. You need the picture before you start making it.
3: Yeah. And right. not everyone does it that way. Um, and so that's something that, like... People sometimes cock their heads at me like, Why do you need to know? I, I, I don't know.
1: That's just kind of my great that there's a why, liberty to everything. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you look for it and find it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way as you, as you, where I have to see everything. So I'll be, I'll be like writing a story or something, and it's like, I have no idea what's going on. I can't write a thing. I'll be with all my things. I'll go eat pasta. I'll go for a <laughs> walk. I'll go sprint somewhere. I'll go just write everything down. I'll draw a picture, whatever. And if I still don't have any sort of idea come to head, I'll, all right, set aside. I'll go figure out another day. Yeah. Or like uh, if we're drawing a picture. I was like, all right, I have to have something, some mental image before anything gets started. Hmm. So like, if I want to draw a picture of a tree, I have to think of a picture of a tree in detail. And then I can, d- all right, now I know I need to draw the trunk here, <laughs> the leaves there, mm-hmm. and do this branch here or whatever. Whereas if I just say I'm gonna draw and start drawing <laughs> lines at the time, it can work, but it's not quite as uh, efficient for
5: me. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: yeah. When I draw, I can't like I can't hold anything like visibly in my head. Like I can have an idea. Like if I were to draw a tree, I'd be like okay.
5: Generized I can't
4: visualize a tree. Maybe I kind of know what a tree looks like because I've seen them before but like it's really difficult for me to like see it in my head so I kind of either have to have like a physical like reference to draw or just wing it and see and see what
3: comes out comes (laughs) onto
4: the page which is interesting because like a lot of my drawings I just like star drawing I might have like a slight idea or I might just start drawing, so and then I'm like, this kind of looks like this. Uh-huh. Let's go this way and see if it actually turns out how I'm thinking it's going to turn out. But I don't have, like, a visualization of it. Like, I physically can't. Yeah.
2: So you're the opposite of me, then. Yeah,
4: yeah basically. So, so
3: interesting. Cool. David, you've done some writing, correct? I love like, it. creative yeah. writing. Are you a planner writer or a fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants um,
2: writer? I'm definitely more of a planner writer. So, like, i um, So, personally, I recently started working on a, on a story, and I'm planning out the entire story before I get into even the details of the first scene. Interesting. Like, I've gotten, like, okay... So i all started out with just me telling a story to some sick friends. Um, and then that kind of just... About, like, oh, this is a fun story. I'll continue it. And now I've gotten probably several months in real world and in the story world, <laughs> and I'm just, like, giving, like, all right, here's the overall things that are happening. Okay, now they go fight the dragon. Now they go meet this person. Yeah. Now they... they just very overarching stuff.
3: See, that's so interesting. You're consistent. When when you draw, you have to have it all planned out in your head. When you write, you have to have it all planned out. I, I'm inconsistent. I am as well. I am <laughs> when as well. I when I learn, I have to have it all like splayed out for me. When I write, so there. This is this is actually a common term. I did not make this up. You have your planner writers. They're just planners, or the fly by the seat of your pants writers, and they've chosen to call us pantsers, and I cannot <laughs> control that. It's just
5: what <laughs> oh, no. that just um, makes me think of high school
3: yeah it, it, it probably that's makes a completely different things. thing yes i know but anyway um that's how i write i will mm-hmm. develop a character and have a loose situation that they go into and just kind of see what they do um and there's like pluses and minuses to doing it both ways like when you're a planner writer sometimes you can get stuck in mm. your plan, and, like, your mm. characters start doing things that they wouldn't do. Like, it's not true to, to them, to their character. Um, But when you're a fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants writer, your characters are usually very true. They're very consistent, very much themselves. But sometimes you end up in places you do not intend to go, <laughs> and you don't know it. I've actually stopped stories. I had a story I was working on where I brought my hero, like, down to his lowest point, and I never figured out how to bring him back. Oh, no. (laughs) He's
1: still
5: (laughs) there. Poor guy. I've written a story. I've written two stories. But the main problem is, is I kind of had a general idea of where I wanted to take it.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
5: But the hyperfixation stopped.
3: Oh, no. Um, Mm -hmm. And so
5: both stories are incomplete. And and every time I look at it, I'm like, I know I need to finish you. But I don't know what to do. (laughs)
4: Yeah. And here's a thought. Um like personally, I've been kind of learning about like how I go about getting creative ideas and inspiration. And I feel like I'm between being a planner and like writing by the fly but <laughs> yes, and it's more of like I used to I used to start like stores I would like have, an idea and I would start it and I would never finish the story like never and honestly I feel like I still have never finished a story until this <laughs> day but I'm working on some stories and I've sort of like tweaked how I do it um it was a short story that I am just started writing like and I'm pretty sure I'm gonna finish it like I know I'm gonna finish it, and it is shorter. So speak positive words. But she's gonna all, But the thing is, like my my block would be where does it end?
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Like I have to know the ending.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Like if I didn't know, oh wait, no, there was one story in high school that I finished. Oh yeah. Um, it was for a school project, and I did finish it. That would it. Um, yeah. yeah, but like if I like I would just not know how it would end. And, like, that's just, like, my whole thing. Like, it mm-hmm. it doesn't matter where I take my story or characters from beginning to end. There has to be a beginning and there has to be an end. And I have to know it. Uh-huh. Anything else can be... Like, I can... Like, if I have a general, like, arc of the story and I know how it's going to end, I can just write. See your image. And, yeah, <laughs> and kind cool. of, like, take it because I'm like, okay, I know where it's going, so... In the case that I sort of go in a direction that I'm not super happy with, I can just be like, "Okay, where am I going? Okay, we're, we're getting back on path.
5: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that I've worked that way a couple times myself. The thing is is I'm never bent on an ending, but I just know that I need to have at least some form of ending mm-hmm. that I can fall back on. I also can say, it? don't be a worry.
1: like don't worry else if, this, if it doesn't work out. Um, there's one Harry Potter book, The Battle of the Fire, in one
5: chapter. I wouldn't know, I haven't read the books. Okay.
1: Yeah. Very popular series, and so...
5: Book, yes, book. that's right, oh, folks, literally. I have not read the books. <laughs> get over okay. it. You should
4: read them. Hey, no, i not read don't the list, If you have a book list, a list, add it to
1: your book list. All right, so go ahead. Anyway, no, I was saying that, so, the... Oh, that. J.R. No, no, Rowling. J.K. Rowling. J.K.
5: JK Rowling. Just kidding, Just J.K. Rowling. The guy the awesome books knows
1: the author. J.K. Rowling. So, she wrote one chapter 13 times. Mm. Like, the entire chapter. That's it? No, I'm just over kidding. Over <laughs> and over and over again. And she finally got it. So, don't worry. Yeah. Persistence
4: exactly. is also key to it, some people's it really process. Is.
3: No, you have to, because um, if you never just don't want Editing yeah. is a whole
5: other thing. Oh,
4: I hate editing.
3: <gasps> the problem
5: is, ever since I got into the whole concept of Dungeons and Dragons, I mm-hmm. think of everything in that aspect. Ah. And I have a, I have a thing for Harry Potter, but I'm not going to say it now because it's distracting. But okay. I'll also... yeah. So I have a question for you then. Yeah, where sorry. do you
1: think creativity comes from?
5: Okay,
3: so... And, and, and let me add up to that. Like, okay.
1: So the first question is, where does creativity come from? Second question is, does personality comes come into this at all? Are you born more creativity? Like, are you born to see it more in the world, or, or do you have to learn it? Does personality have anything to do with that? This okay. That's good.
4: So, first, I have a lot of things to say about this, so thanks for asking. Yeah. Um, so, I can't remember the exact terminology, but I was reading this book, and it talked about the different... Like stages of your brain um, during consciousness, mm. and there is a point of continent consciousness where it's the creative stage, and it's the point where it's like your it's like the point where you're like almost falling asleep. You're so relaxed. Where twilight zone, kind of. So, and a lot of people find that in the shower. Yeah, we you
3: did talk, talk about that shower
4: because, because the relaxing. Place. Yes. Um, and something that was said in the book, I don't even remember which book it was, um, but the, uh, one part of the book, they were talking about Einstein, um, you know, he was a well-known genius, had a lot of creative ideas, what he would do is he would hold a rock, sleep standing, and when, as soon as, like, right before he fell asleep, he would you know, drop the rock, and that would wake him up, and that was his method of generating creative ideas. What? So, and there's a way to do that,
5: like... How do you fall asleep standing... standing? You're really tired. (laughs) Some
4: people
2: do it in a lot of ways, like, my brother was in, he was in the Marine Corps, and he fell asleep doing push-ups, because he was that tired. Like, they Mm -hmm. would fall asleep while running, like, they were, they were tired, they would sleep. That's... They learn to. Do it. Some people some people fall asleep with their eyes open. It's also something you, you can train mm. yourself to do. That sounds like I like would burn.
4: If you guys, oh. I don't know, I experience this a lot, and I know other people do. Like maybe you're like trying to fall asleep. It's like two a.m. and all of a sudden you get like this inspiration, and yeah. you're like, oh my gosh, I have to write this down. Yeah. That's, that's or when what you wake up in,
3: in the middle of
4: the night with an idea. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're a, kind of in that. I feel limbo. like with that too. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's something that's kind of helped me because, like, when I'm, like, in a relaxed mode and I realize, oh, I'm getting, like, inspiration. I'm like, I need to, you know, take advantage of this Mm -hmm. and, like, write down the ideas that are coming to my head. Um, So that, in recent um, months or weeks, that's really helped me with my creative process. And um, the other question that you had... About personality. So there's this quiz, and it's called a creative personality quiz. Because each person, granted, we all, you know, whether we're, um, we focus more on like the right side of our brain or the left side of our brain, we all have a skill of creativity. And sometimes that's more like analytical, sometimes that's more like abstract, but, um, I'll look it up and show it to you guys later. But basically, it's like the Enneagram of, like, creativity. Interesting. So there are, like, different types where it's, like, the visionary. Um, There's the adventurer. There's the uh, producer. Um, All these different types. And it explains, like, how you think, like, how your, like, creativeness is manifested. And the type, like the creative type, that works best with you. Mm. So, like, if you were to like, co-
3: like, like to do a project together. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool!
4: I yeah. like that. We should. So it's definitely. You we know. can put the link in the. Yes. Oh yeah.
2: The link will be in the description. Sounds
0: good. Okay. That's true.
2: Um. So, I uh, kind of on top, kind of on that, um, with the conversation. Like, Conversationalists versus visuals. like I can't do conversations for anything if Mm -hmm. I want to have someone talk in a storybook it will not turn out to be anything like normal Mm -hmm. conversation because I'm not a good conversationalist in general and all my thoughts are just kind of splattered here Mm in their pictures but I can describe a scene in detail we'll Mm -hmm. say that much are there any tips and tricks for for either conversationalists or visuals for doing the other side yeah
4: I mean, there would be a way to, like, if you're, if you're working, like, say you're creating a graphic novel. Like, if you're the type to have more, like, visual and, um, or more, like, story um, and, like, world building, um, you could, like, collaborate with someone who's good at dialogue. And you could create the story and tell them, like... Or have them like write the dialogue for you. Um, Teaming it. Yeah. Um, Something else that is kind of, um, I don't know if this is super helpful for everyone, but um, a tip that I had received was when writing conversations, approach it as if you entered in the middle of the conversation. So it's not like, two people come up and like hey how are you doing and like start from the very beginning of the conversation enter in like the middle of it like they're just you know saying something like you just walked by two people having a conversation and you just started listening like where would that start like you know so and it kind of gets like the pace kind of picks up really well when you do that and the flow is better instead of having to You know, start from, like, two people not talking and then trying to start a conversation. Like, the conversation is already there.
2: Okay, thanks. Um, How about for the conversationalists who are great with dialogue but can't describe a scene for anything? I...
3: So, um, I actually, my... I can do one or the other, but I have a hard time doing the bo- both of them. So, like, when I'm creating a conversation, it ends up looking like a script. And um, then when I'm describing a scene, it's just this big block of description. And it's not, no one wants to read that. So, something that my writing teacher said to me is, um, have them do things in the conversation. So, if you have two people having a conversation, give them, like, motions for you to describe, which brings your reader into where the conversation is happening like a
1: battle between gladiators yeah. and like, like they're they're talking it's like the one like you know one person gets out alive but they're like doing like you know dancing styles
3: yeah. with them. You know? or I even just had like um and it's also a good way for you to describe so like um, I don't know if you have a character like run their fingers through their hair it, it, well, that's a whole image and body language and all kinds of things but then you can describe what color and texture their hair is and how long it is and how other people react when they do that and it gives you this um this interplay answer question?
2: I think so, yeah. Um, where does inspiration come from?
4: Uh, that is a good question. Um, personally, it's something that I'm still trying to figure out. Um, sometimes it comes from... Uh, a lot of the times... Um, relating to something that we were talking about at the beginning, like, if I want to get inspiration, I listen to music. Like, um, whether it's drawing, writing, or even, like, you know, just day-to-day, if I want any type of, like, inspiration, I listen to music. Mm -hmm. Um, Music is just full of, like, different stories, different um, ideas that come from, like, you know, all kinds of people, all kinds of lifestyles, and um, also like the instrumental itself can be inspiring. Um, like, for instance, if I'm um, if I'm wanting something like exciting, like if I'm working on my um, Ninja Story, oh, like I'm gonna be listening to something um, like soundtracks or like really um, I don't know how to describe like intense yeah. like instrumental action music. oriented
5: music
4: yes. um, something that will get me like thinking about like action and like you know battles and um, you know near death situations mm-hmm. that sort of thing or if like I'm wanting something more like maybe also action based but a little bit more hyped then maybe i'll listen to um more poppy music or like more like i listen to k-pop a lot that's uh a type of music that gives me like a lot of inspiration because they just they have a lot of like very hype music so izzy do you have where does
3: creativity come from
2: Yeah, like, where does your inspiration come from?
3: Oh, where does inspiration come
2: from? Because we kind of talked about the creativity portion earlier.
3: Um, I think for, like, for me, it can definitely come out of anywhere. Sometimes really inconvenient.
5: Um, (laughs) when you don't have time to
3: stop and write it down. Um, but I think, like, I'm going to get a little deep with this, forgive me. Um, but it's core. So I'm I'm a writer, and so my inspiration is going to be writer, you know, story-based. Um writing at its core is about people, humanity, right? Our struggles are, um, the things that we, we strive against, I guess. And so, I think a lot of my inspiration just comes from these interactions. Um, and, like, dichotomies, I guess, are a big one. Two things coexisting that are opposites or shouldn't necessarily be together. Um, because it exposes, like, both the, um, strengths and the weaknesses of the others. So it's like, like, foils in literature are huge. Um, and so I guess just, like, day-to-day life and then dichotomies.
4: like the Dad, do you have any places or spaces that give you inspiration?
1: Um, out of probably everyone here, I may write the least.
3: Well... Just Sorry, just to clarify, creativity does not have to be writing or art. Um, creativity can be, you know, Build- music or building or your inventions
5: or stuff. even imagination Shows or in yeah. general yeah. imagination. Um, like when you play by your like when you you're just playing by yourself. Okay. Imagination uh, can be huge. Well,
1: I guess if I have a large discussion of people talking about it and we are interjecting thoughts and comments like, uh, like verbal we are brainstorming. Now, like, real brainstorming. Like, I can just shoot out ideas, and I can make revelations just by talking about it. So if a group around me is trying to do the same thing as I am, that helps a lot. Like, if you were to give me a scenario of something, and, like, I could give you ideas. That's what I love to do, is ideas. Like, that's kind of more like my creativity. So I do that by people asking me, you know? I can do that on the spot. Um, and, or listening to music sometimes usually helps me. Sometimes, I, it depends, too. I don't even, it's very... Random, I'll be want to be with like with people, like in a group scenario, and then I'm doing work. I'm like, This is amazing, I'm really focusing very well, and then by myself, you know, I maybe listen to music or just have a quiet or
5: just rest, you know. So, Jacob, any thoughts? Um, current events are a big thing to help with inspiration. Oh, interesting. Um, if, if something new happens, or not even like even real current, like past events in general history um, even from previous writers those are really good inspirations so reading in general is a really good exercise to help expand your whole imaginative ability because then you can pull from this guy or, Oh, I like that idea of like the bad guy's not necessarily the bad guy or, or even the opposite the good guy is not necessarily the good guy mm-hmm. or just pulling off of other authors not to the extent of plagiarism mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Parent events is another really good one. As I said, Um, the idea of like say something tragic happens in Houston or in like Santa Fe because you know the Santa Fe school shooting was huge on the news, Um, and that that's a that was really a time where people were despair in despair. So a whole idea that someone could have for a story or a picture or something, is really based off of current events. Look at the the modern art of chaotic. That's what people see, is the chaos in the world. Especially since 9-11 ha- started to happen. Especially since 9-11 happened. Mm-hmm. 9-11 was a very despairing time in American history, and it brought on a whole new genre of art in general. So current events is a really big one.
2: Um, I'm much more of, like, the internal internal processor guy. and like, Jed is very verbal and and, and able to be able to put words to ideas. So, like, I'll have thoughts and stuff. So, like, if I see, like, a knot in a piece of wood, like, three knots or something, I'm like, ooh, that looks like this picture. Or, like, if Mm -hmm. I'm on, like, a marble tile floor or something in the bathroom, like, ooh, I wish I had a pen and paper here so I could draw this face that I'm seeing Mm out of random or on the carpet or something. Or, like, just seeing patterns and rhythms. Like, Person I just do something like, if I don't have any inspiration or to draw anything or write something, like I'll either put side and just like go for a walk or just hike, just jumping jacks, whatever it takes. Just kind of do something that's not mental for a little while, and then just kind of reconvene and kind of pour energy back into it afterwards.
1: Um,
2: with that, uh, so just quick little question. Who here is a verbal processor?
4: I am. For sure.
2: Izzy, Jed. I
1: can be internal and verbal.
4: I can be at times, but I'm more of like, um, I feel like I have several different ways. Yeah, I think most
3: people do, but I, my mom, my parents would do this for me all the time. We call it rubber ducking, which is just sitting there and being the rubber duck while I verbally process and have someone to verbally process at. (laughs) (laughs) It takes some getting used to. I appreciate the people who can do that because it's, it's yeah, just... It's,
5: it's really hard being in the rubber deck. It
3: is. Cause you just sit there and go, aha, aha, huh, interesting.
5: Especially if, it's, especially if it's something that's frustrating.
3: Yeah. Because
5: then you have to take it.
3: Take their frustration
4: and
5: not... You're like, you can't throw it back at them.
4: Why do you ask?
2: Baby? I, I just, I just want to kind of figure out like where everyone is at in that because like, I know there is a lot to do on both sides of it. Because like, you have the verbal processors who I know oh, some people they, they can verbally process and if they try to do yeah. anything in their mind, like if they try to write God. down a story but they can't say it out loud, then they can't do anything. God. Yeah. And just like, hit a brick wall. Mm-hmm. And same thing for internal processors cause if they can't tell someone about it then they always, and someone's like hey what you doing? It's like I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm writing I, I can't even tell you what I'm writing right now. Gotcha. Yeah, for
5: me I verbally process by myself. Mm. I talk to myself all the time and I've heard people say, You look like you're crazy. I'm like, I am a little <laughs> bit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I am a little bit, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah I've noticed that. You're my roommate, so a- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I talk out
5: loud a lot. And there could be no one else in the room. And the person will walk in and go, You okay, I'm like, Yeah, talking to myself.
3: <laughs>
5: the, the that one I don't know if it's internal Processing
3: or
4: oh, that's external processing. Yeah, I, I internal process, I think. But also, I can process things. Or, like, more of, like, my learning style. And, like, I guess combined with my processing style is, like, hands-on. So, um, like, if I am, like, trying to figure something out in my head. Um, because I can't, like, visualize it in my head. Like... I have to write it down. Um, Like, if I'm unscrambling a word, I have to write the word down. Um, I can't do it in my head. Like, math problems. I really can't do it in my head. I have to write it down. Um, Sometimes I'm, like, jealous of people who can just do math in their head, like, super fast. I'm like,
5: I just, I can't.
4: I'm like, I I mean, I can do Mm -hmm. basic problems in my head, but, like, It takes me a while because I'm, like, internally, like, I can't visualize it. I'm internally, like, saying it to myself, like, the numbers. And so because of that, if it's, like, a big problem, I'm like, no, give me a pen and paper.
5: Hmm. Or even doing it on your hands.
4: Yeah, sometimes I'll be like, but, like, bigger problems, like, if it was, like, 18 times 13, I can't do that on my hands.
5: Well, I do it in a song or something. (laughs) <laughs>
2: all right so i've got i've got two final questions first one is rhythm does that have anything like i know some people when they talking about like writing tips is just hey every like just come back every day make sure even if you don't have any inspiration just write for 15 minutes or an hour every day regardless is that sort of like rhythm beneficial or is that like just kind of there also is there like a, I normally get most of my inspiration at, like, say, midnight. Should I make sure every night that's it's. That's really accurate. <laughs> or, like, just, oh, I need to come back here every for 15 minutes or an hour a day. Just one day it'll be right in the morning when I wake up, one time it'll be right before dinner, and that next time it'll be before
5: I go to bed. My issue with that is that it becomes a chore at that point.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: It's no longer willingly being done. And that's whenever most of your creative process begins is whenever you want to do it.
4: Yeah. It depends, though. Um,
5: so, I'm Sorry.
4: Well, so, like, it, if you're thinking about it as, like, a chore, then, yeah, it's going to be hard for you to, you know, feel creative in that space. But if it's, like, a something you really want to work on and, like, create a habit of sitting down writing something out as long as you're doing it in like a time frame where it doesn't start to feel like you're draining yourself like say if you sit down and you write for like 15 minutes or 30 minutes and you're good but if you try to sit down and write for an hour all of that creative juice is just going to be drained out and you're just going to be trying to pull strings and it's not going to (laughs) work so with that it would be like you know stop before your limit. you know if you' if you can write for 30 minutes, maybe write for 20 minutes. that way your creative mindset is still like on so you're not like you're not hurting yourself or you're not making it to where you're forcing yourself to do something. And it's still yeah it's still enjoyable even though you're like, oh, I could probably write for 30 more minutes like stop. Mm-hmm. And, like, that way it doesn't, like, become a chore, if that makes sense.
5: Interesting. Hmm. Well, what happens whenever, like, you sit down to something and writer's block hits? or See,
3: I've heard people say that the writer's block is a myth altogether.
5: It is, but it's not. Like, if you sit down and you can't comprehend anything to write about at all. <laughs> Then it becomes a problem.
3: It does. And so, yeah, I've heard people say that the repetition is really good, um, that eventually you'll just get into the habit. And honestly, I can't really speak to that because I've never been able to consistently keep up over them. So I can't say that it's not good, but I do know that it can be very, like, it's really, really hard to get into. And so I think it depends on the kind of person you are. If you're a really Mm -hmm. planned, organized person, I think that can be really helpful and really stimulating. But if you're more of like a, a,
5: Sporadic,
3: easygoing. I'm not sure what the word I want is, but uh, then that might be really difficult, unnecessarily difficult for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: you know, if you're if you're more of a um like spontaneous person and you don't like schedules, then that might be a difficult thing for you to do.
5: We are also our own greatest judge. Hmm. So I mean, even if it's like is writer's block I mean we could have like a great idea but we'll shoot it down ourselves before we even get it down on paper Mm -hmm. that's true
4: yep and that's why editing is so nice (laughs) because you can you don't have to overthink that although people do all the time but you can just write whatever's in your head and then you can be like oh that was a stupid idea scrap that or you can be like I'm a genius
5: or
2: until until where you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So, my final question, of course, the um, I know you have written a book. Yeah. Um, would you mind sharing what your book is? We can put it oh. in the description below as well.
3: Um, I wrote, I self-published a book back in 2019. It's called um, A Kingdom Worth Fighting For, and it's kind of like a fantasy, um, Narnia-esque kind of book. Um. It's. It took me three years to write, and so for me, it's really just, like, this snapshot of my writer's journey. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in reading it, it I enjoyed writing it. <laughs> um,
4: yeah.
2: And um, now, Katie, have you written anything?
4: Um, I have not completed any of my projects yet. Um, there are there's one in particular that I've been working on since I was like 12 um, but it's like a really big project and I've been working on it on and off um, I've written some songs writing some stories um, but I haven't completed anything yet so
2: yes, if anything yeah. else you want to add to the podcast before you just close it out? Oh, I, I think we're okay?
4: Oh. Thank you for inviting me
3: Yay, <laughs> to yes. be on this podcast. Thanks for coming. Oh, thanks I enjoyed
4: enjoy discussing
3: all this with Maybe you Maybe we
5: can do it again sometime. Yeah, I'd be down. Team, yeah.
3: We really loved having
0: you. For yeah, sure. It was good, good, absolutely.
5: Really good. We stayed on topic very nicely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's really right.
0: Did really well, do
5: Which is a big buddy?
3: step
1: for us
5: ADHD <laughs> people. <laughs> Yay. Yes.
1: k uh, you have Kevin Light. we are your students (laughs) (laughs) all right Uh, yeah yeah. all right well thank you again for joining us and we hope to release more coming up soon this this month um so be looking out for it and as always thank you again bye
0: Hey guys, this is David. I hope you enjoyed the episode on the creative process. We're curious to see what your creative styles are. Please hit the quiz in the description and share with us at welcome to the random at gmail.com. That's welcome to number two, the random at gmail.com. If you want to read AZ's book, the link for that is in the, d- the description as well. We're still working on some new exciting stuff to add to the podcast, but with the end of season one right around the corner, I think this is a good place to say, We've loved doing this. We've loved to hear from you guys. If you want to see anything in season two, please let us know. Any topics you want to see covered, send us an email, and we'll see about putting that in season two. Until then, see you on the random.